As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and Things flapping their wings on. Birds with friends. Birds All I know is that said he has a game where Shield don't read both 7,000 <laughs> And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do and, it. And so the yeah, purpose that's of. That's really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Birds with Friends, a pre canned edition in which we're going to go around the hornbill and talk about what's going on in the NFC East with our national expert, Sheila Kapadia. We'll talk Cowboys, football team, and Giants. But, uh, you know, we got to get to it. It's uh, it's uh, theoretically Wednesday. Uh, what did you guys make of uh, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much has happened since we last spoke. You know, the uh, I can't believe from where the Sixers were, where everyone was writing them off, mm. to now being up 1-0. On the uh, Brooklyn Nets, it's really point game by Joel Embiid. Unbelievable. I mean, Thibel on Durant was really. I mean, that was that that was very intense. And Bo, how about uh, Tony Finau coming back over the weekend in the uh, in the U.S. Open? What a comeback! Top top ten, Tony. Yeah, Mm. we'll be spending well. All right, for those who have no idea what's happening, we are, of course, recording this on June 18th, but we'll have a little fun about what might have happened uh, since we recorded and when this uh, was released. Uh, NBA course, draft tomorrow night, right? Oh, wow. Oh, really? Is that true? No, it's not. It's not. It's during. No, that can't be right. Is that am I wrong there? No, that can't. They it's can't have be the draft while the playoffs are still happening. Oh, it's July 29th. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. We're not going that far in advance. I like to start He's over. Is that a time traveler? That's good. <laughs> what do you got going uh, first overall? Kate Cunningham. Uh, that was okay. fantastic. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, what what else happened? Uh, Jared Goff said that he's not getting vaccinated. Um, I don't know. I guess right. we yeah. Hello, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get into that type of thing for, with the joke. Oh, there. you wouldn't get into that type of yeah, thing? Yeah, you don't need to predict vaccinations. Okay. 
uh, and a great goal in the uh, in the Euros by uh, I don't know. Let's say uh, a returning Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's get right into it. Zach, you want to give us the news? I I wasn't prepared for that set up there. The um, Eagles, uh, the Eagles re-signed the Eagles, Josh Perkins. Yeah, the Eagles are on vacation right okay. now. So. Uh, all right, what we're gonna do is, uh, you know, as last week, uh, Shield gave us a little preview of his uh, his beast uh, NFC or NFL preview. He gave us a little uh, dip into the toe of what he has learned about the Eagles, and now we're gonna take a little trip around around the division. This uh, historically terrible division last year doesn't have a chance to be any better. Why don't we start with uh, the defending division champs? Sheil, and uh, you know, speaking of vaccine issues, let's let's talk football team. Okay, where where do I begin? I you know, do you guys want to offer some takes of what you think, and I can tell you what's right or wrong? Do you want me to just spew some boring stuff that will put the listeners to sleep? How do you want to go about this? Well, let me just. I'll I'll start off with an overview okay. question here. Yeah, is that um, it, the Cowboys are considered the division favorites? Uh, do you view it that way? Mm. I do. I mean, skip into the uh, end right here. I like that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Much much better directed question than Bo just, you know, Washington football team should speak. I mean, there's no doubt about much direction there. Uh, Yeah. I think the Cowboys should be the favorite. I think they are the favorites. You know, I, I think that uh, listeners to this podcast know that uh, I, and I think uh, all three of us, like to just look at, all right, who's going to have the best, the most efficient offense? That team's going to have the best chance to win games. And I do think that is the Cowboys. I mean, you can really look at their last season and say, all right, you lose Dak Prescott. Uh, that obviously, you know, changed change the entire course of their season. I think they had the second most injured offensive line in the NFL. And you can just look back a year earlier and say they had the second best offense in the entire league. And so uh, if they're able to field a top five, top seven, top eight offense, uh, the bottom line is regardless of what else happens with their defense, with their coaching, with everything else, chances are they are going to win the division. I don't know that. uh, I don't think that another team in the division has anywhere near the ceiling offensively that the Cowboys do. Okay. Well said. Can we still talk about Washington? Yeah. All right. Now okay. you want to do it. Uh, I'll give Washington. you. Uh, I'll give you, just to, to to set the uh, set the table. Yeah. Set it up. Okay. Let, let me give you the uh, Washington's draft from this year for our listeners, so they can familiarize themselves with the uh, rookies who are getting thrown into the mix. In the first round, they took Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky. Is it Jamin or Jam? I thought it was Jamin. No. Okay, you could be Is right. Jamin. I once met an Indian guy named Jamin. When I was doing a little part-time work during my college years, great guy uh, named Jamin, and I always thought, you know, if I have a son, uh, I think that's a great name, Jamin, for a son. So, you know, I'll let that cat out of the bag since that's not happening for the uh, (laughs) Kapadias. If anyone wants to steal that name, a fantastic name, Jamin, you know, Jay, fun to say. Uh, I assume there are uh, some Indian roots to that as well as um, other people having that name. So it seems like it's very versatile. What were the what was the part time job? Uh, it was at a place called Supreme Janitorial Services. Mm. It, uh, I don't remember much about it. I believe I was doing a lot of like office work there. I needed to get paid because I was doing internships at WIP and CN8. For mm. those of you who remember Lou Tilly's Sports Connection, 
Uh, and so those were for school credit, but were not paid, but I needed to get paid. So I did mm. a little Supreme janitorial from nine to three. Uh, then I drove into the city for my uh, for my shifts with either WIP or CN8, which was a I don't night think I don't think we've, we've heard of the WIP internship from you. Who were the hosts? The, the, the WIP internship was the worst internship anybody could have done. Oh, <laughs> they had no, my personal one. Okay, sure it's okay. changed now. They had nothing for me to do. It was in like the promotions marketing department. I mean, I would go in and the guy would be like surprised that I showed up, you know, oh, why don't you just do this and hang out here? Okay. this way. So occasionally I would get to sit in with the producers, um, uh, and, and just kind of listening to the show and see what they did. So that was kind of the most fun thing about it, but there was literally nothing for me to do there. So that was mostly a waste of time. <laughs> and and was your ambition at the time to be a radio host or was it just a, an entryway into sports communications? No, my move every year, uh, you know, um, was to just apply to every internship I could find online. Like I'm talking over a hundred mm -hmm. and you, and you just would the hope worst process. it's terrible. And you would hope that one or two would get back to you. And so though, whichever ones got back to me, which happened to be uh, CN8, WIP and USA Today over the course Ooh. of my uh, college career, USA Today was a great internship. I mean, there you really felt like you were learning things, doing things. So that one was fantastic. I did a daily local news shout out, uh, Chester County, Pennsylvania, did that one, which was also a very good one uh, because you got to do some things. You're on your uh, grind. So whoever uh, called me back and offered me something, I don't think I ever turned down an internship. Like those are the only ones that ever uh, offered me anything. And so uh, that's where I did those. And how old were you at this point? Were we talking this college was, This summers, was all or? in college. Okay. Yeah, freshman year after was Daily Local. Sophomore was CN8 and WIP. Junior year was uh, USA Today. And did you have any run-ins at WIP during that time with like people who, would, who, who you've now are still in your life? Yeah, I mean, Mike Garofolo, I believe, mm -hmm. was producing the midday show at that really? time. Really? Yeah. So, I, yeah. I, again, I don't know that well, I've ever you even knew told him before him about Zach this. did. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever even told him about this, but he was producing the midday show. So I would sit in there uh, sometime. I, I didn't I, know I would, that that was his path. That's interesting. Yeah. And so I would get, I got them uh, coffee. I remember uh, one time went down to um, uh, Old City. And you don't and, think that that's never come up with you? No, yeah, I should bring oh, that up. Funny. To I mean, I don't think I spent a lot of days with him. And the other, well, the other guy who I actually spent, I would say the most time with was uh, Tyrone Johnson. Now with oh. 97.5 The Fanatic, who was Howard Eskin's uh, producer. And so I would sit in with him. And uh, I, I, the thing I learned was that this guy is so essential to the show. I mean, if a caller would call in and like ask about something or, you know, as Howard Eskin was sort of buying time because he didn't know the answer, Tyrone would be messaging him, um, you know, sort of information or things that he needed to know for the show. And so uh, I was like, wow, this guy is like a really, um, you know, he wasn't on air at that time, but he was really kind of uh, like a key cog in that program. That's good. Stuff. I, uh, I, I can say with uh, authority for anyone who listens to birds with friends that producers are essential. And so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's, you're listening to radio or you're listening to birds with friends, like Marissa is the one who, who makes it all happen here, but any radio show you're, you're listening to. And, and, and I'll also say like, 
if you're reading something, the editors, the copy editors, um, you know, people whose names aren't on the work uh, have so much to do with the quality of the work. How did we get on this topic? <laughs> uh, you were talking. Oh, about Jamin, Jamin yes. Davis. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jamin Davis. Uh, okay. So in the second round, uh, the football team. That was team... much better than anything else that's going to come up. <laughs> oh, yeah. A hundred percent. They took uh, tackle Samuel Cosme from Texas, who's going to be their starting right tackle. They whacked Morgan Moses in favor of Cosme, uh, athletic uh, freak. In the third round, they took uh, Zach's boy, Benjamin saint from Minnesota and by way of Canada. And also Deami Brown, who we liked from North Carolina. I believe he uh, was the official receiver, correct? I this was a was. very birds with friends type draft, I feel. It wasn't bad, except for the linebacker on the first, but yeah. Um, I like him, though. Uh, he's okay. I like, a, okay. I like a linebacker who's played more than one year in college. Okay. But right. uh, Round four, John Bates, the tight end from Boise State, a bit of a reach. Uh, round five, Derek Forrest, safety from Cincinnati. Then they took a long snapper, the cheese man, in the sixth round. And uh, Baylor, edge rusher slash linebacker, William Bradley King and Shaka Tony and Dax Milne in the seventh round. Shaka Tony, a Philly guy. And a Penn course, State. Yeah, uh, I was shot. asked about him on my Penn, the Penn State thing I did. All right. So the overview for the Washington football team is basically they kicked the can down the road for a year with quarterback. And I thought they had a pretty competent uh, offseason here. So they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one year deal, which I think was perfectly fine. They were in the Matthew Stafford conversation. They didn't land him. They didn't reach. They didn't do anything, uh, you know, drastic and like give up draft capital for Sam Darnold. They just said, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll play with Fitzpatrick this year. And then we'll see where we are next year. It could mean drafting a quarterback next year. It could mean trading up for a quarterback next year. It could mean signing a free agent. It could mean trading for somebody like a, you know, the Matthew Stafford of this year. So I think they have options there. They don't have a great long, term plan, obviously, but I also think it was a fine decision because they didn't uh, really force anything. So offensively, they had the worst offense in the NFL last year, 32nd in DVOA. They started Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, and Taylor Heineke. So now it will be Ryan Fitzpatrick there at uh, at quarterback. And you know, and what's his name? Who's the backup? Who had the great playoff game? Oh, Heineke. Heineke. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Taylor Heineke. Um, There's a bit of a fash. So it will be uh, Fitzpatrick there. Fitzpatrick turns 39 in November. But if you look at the last two years among the 32 quarterbacks who have had at least 600 dropbacks, where do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick ranks in EPA per play? 18. Yeah. 17th. Are you looking at my guides here, Bo? Are you no. like a guest editor on these? No. I feel like this is two podcasts in a row. You kind of nailed something. Is it 18? It's 18th, exactly, wow. yeah. So uh, you kind of know what you're getting with him, right? You're going to get a mediocre quarterback play. When he plays the Eagles, he'll probably throw for 700 yards. <laughs> exactly. And touch. I mean, every time we've covered a Ryan Fitzpatrick game, I every leave time. it thinking this is the best quarterback in the NFL. I sort, <laughs> of, wow. I, I sort of feel like with Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's like, if he's your plan at quarterback, he's going to be bad. But if he's your backup, he's going to take the job and be good. I think that's right. Yeah, I would say he's probably in that range. And very high variance, right? There will be yes. weeks where you're like, all right, we got something here. And other weeks where he's throwing three interceptions. But I think if you look at it on the whole, they'll pro you know, he'll probably end up in that mediocre range between whatever, um, you know, between the 15th and like 23rd best quarterback. Right. It's a fun. It's a it's a. 
Like if you're going to have, if you're told before the season, you're going to have a quarterback who's going to deliver average play, you would, it's going to be much more fun to have the high variance guy who averages out to average and not the guy who's just average every week. I agree. I also think his style of play is pretty entertaining. You know, he's, he, like, it's, he's a YOLO quarterback. Yes. He's not the check down guy. He's just going to make crazy throws. Some of them will connect. Others will not. And so uh, the supporting cast, they got uh, your guy's boy, Curtis Samuel, they signed in free agency. I, I think my best Curtis Samuel take is he will tell you whether you have a good offensive coordinator or a bad offensive coordinator mm-hmm. or something in between because. Uh, so what's Scott he, Turner? Well, I think he, I, I don't know. I think the jury's out. I think We're he might not out. be a good offensive coordinator, yeah. but we'll find out what they do. I mean, this idea that like Scott Turner and Ron Rivera did a great job with Curtis Samuel in Carolina is totally inaccurate. I mean, he was one of the least efficient wide receivers with them. And then last year with Joe Brady, he was very good. And so we'll see what he does in Washington. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a very good wide receiver awesome. who, who I like a lot. If you're uh, if you're doing your fantasy research, uh, I, I would really buy on Terry McLaurin because I think Fitzpatrick is going to give him so many more opportunities than their previous quarterbacks did. And he still had 1,100 yards last year. He rated well in yards per route run. So I think he really has a chance to have a, a, a big-time season this year. Uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick in the backfield. They're not deep. Uh, at wide receiver. So our boy Diami Brown could get a chance to kind of play and contribute right away. I think overall, they'll probably have a pretty me- mediocre offense. Like, you know, I think they would probably be in the kind of the 16th uh, to 20th range there offensively. And they'd probably take that, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how they could really have high expectations kind of with um, what they have there. Uh, defensively, you know, they probably expect to have a top five defense. As we've discussed on this podcast, uh, defensive performance does not carry over year over to year. However, they were third in DVOA last year. They were second against the pass. We all know they've got a fantastic defensive line with a bunch of young first round picks who are all uh, coming back and still and, uh, un- an important seventh round pick in his second year. Who, what's his name? Casey, uh, Casey Watkins. Casey <laughs> Casey Tuhill. Okay. Casey Tuhill. Is he still on the roster? <laughs> for now, not for long. Okay. Uh, so they, they've got Bo's boy there. Uh, they replaced Ronald Darby with William Jackson, which on paper really should be an upgrade. I mean, Darby, they signed him for cheap. They got starting caliber play out of him last year, but they didn't uh, fall into the trap that the Broncos did and think that that's who he's going to be every year. So I think William Jackson actually is a, is a good, solid starting cornerback. So I think that could end up uh, being an upgrade for them. So I think their defense is going to be pretty good. You know, of course there's going to be variance year over year, but I don't think it was like completely fluky or anything. And I don't think they lost a lot of talent. So when you start with a defensive line, that's really good. Um, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. And so uh, I would expect them to have, you know, I don't know that I would say top five, but I would think they would have a top 10 defense this year. That's all I got. Okay. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like last year where, um, you know, they won the division because their defense was the best single unit in the division, uh, partly because, you know, Dak got hurt. And I think that that's their hope this year to me, you know, this is a, this is a classic, uh, team that's a little bit above its britches thinking that like, you know, there's somebody, there was a tweet that went around, like, you know, Washington's in position to like, you know, dominate this division for the next few years, which I think is just oh, no. like no, no, insane. No. Um, this team, you know, they're, they're now. What does that mean? Place. There was a tweet that went around. Uh, I mean, really? I'm just trying to remember things. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, 
I don't know who the person who the who the who the uh, that's not gonna, was. You know, that's but. not going to be as good content as you can find on Instagram at Sheila Kapadia if you're not following. <laughs> hopefully, right. you, you are slacking on the, the Instagram plugs. Oh, hopefully, you got all my vac- wonderful vacation photos from this year. Um, <laughs> I thought there was some really creative stuff on there, and uh, hopefully, you're yeah, all over the, uh, over enjoying the, that. Since since we last recorded, Sheila, you've really done a great job with those Instagrams. Well, what do you think about now? We didn't get to this yet. The, the classics the for classics Shield, for which Shield? Zach and I discussed. Yes. I thought I thought a listener had a good idea, which was basically Bo and Zach and Marissa. You could get in on this too. But um, basically, you guys ch- look at the spreadsheet and just choose like the five. I would say the five to ten movies that uh, I really should watch on vacation from that list. And I'm happy my- to do that. And then we'll call it a, we'll call it an exercise. Well, and to your conversation from a couple episodes ago, whether you should quit, I do think there's a thing here where you you owe it to the listeners to some degree for for the work to that quit? they put in. No, to to still oh. watch a few of their of these movies. Okay, but you know this type of thing does get stale after a while, right? I mean, you sure. know, like I can't, I can't be doing all those movies. I mean, no, uh, no that no wouldn't get. Marissa has been monitoring my engagement there, and uh, I think she would agree that that would not be getting the type of engagement we would want on the Instagram account. No, I think uh, I think what uh, I think what I will do to decide is if, if there are ones that are still at the top that have like multiple recommendations. I think those you should watch. I think you you certainly owe uh, Dennis. The movie that he recommended. That's true. And um, I owe you the and ones you, owe you me, recommend. You owe me some of my movies. So Marissa, were you gonna chime in here? Um, no, I I I'm not criticizing the um reviews on Instagram. I just think maybe you should maybe like come on video and give your review. Mm. That, see, that's interesting. I was thinking mm. about the format. Yeah. Do I do I do a little video? As yeah. opposed to the notes app. I I, I like that, Marissa. Mm. Like, oh, listen, we had, you know, uh, at the end of last episode, an absolute star turn from Naya. That's I true. Think, I think maybe you you get her involved and and you know you can tell her to say maybe this movie she stunk. can she can interview you about the movie. Mm. Yeah, or I could like write it out and tell her this is a script. If you want to get to Hollywood, yeah. you got to be able to perform here. All right, these are all good ideas. See, this is this is this is great. All right, so we'll do that. All right, so you look at the list. You look at the ones with multiple votes. Uh, we'll definitely do Dennis's. We'll definitely do the ones you you mentioned, Bo, and then we'll pick a few others and we'll round it out there. Now, I, I do have another uh, request here for kind of the new classics for Shield. So I'm hoping to be doing a training camp trip uh, in. Uh, now, I, listen, this hasn't been approved. Uh, I don't know that anyone else in the company knows that I want to do this. So this totally could be something that doesn't happen. But in my mind, what I would like to do is a little road trip. Uh, you know, hit, uh, hit a bunch of training camps. Um, or good uh, Instagram opportunities. I, well, yeah. I mean, that's obvious. That would, that would be the main purpose of it. You know, I was thinking go up to Buffalo, um, hit up Cleveland, maybe do a Cincinnati, maybe stop by in Indianapolis, uh, swing down to a Nashville, uh, wow. hit up Atlanta. Then you come back up, you can do a Carolina, uh, of course, I got to go to an Bal- extensive trip. Of course, I go to got to go to Baltimore again. The, Bo, the, I, you know, you are the first people hearing about this. So there's a very <laughs> strong chance that someone will be like, no, you're not doing that. Uh, why don't why don't you do this instead? Uh, 
but then come back you up. But you know, said, go to New York and Baltimore. Yeah, we don't we don't know. I mean, by the time this airs, it could have already been approved. Um, so, mm. so so who knows? But I was thinking what I would like. Let's let's just assume that that trip's going to happen with the route that I um, just said. I would like two types of recommendations. One would be uh, places to stop for like um, food or whatever on the way, not like a sit down restaurant, but Hey, just stop in here. If you need to pick up something for like lunch or dinner or breakfast. Yeah. yeah, This is, you know, it won't be out of your way. It's on the route that you described on the podcast. Here are my recommendations. And then the second one, and this is going to be really important is I need stuff to, I would need stuff to listen to, you know, this would be a lot of time in the car. And so whether it's a a podcast to listen to, it could just be a podcast episode. You know, you might say, mm. this is not a great podcast, but they did this interview with Person X or they had this really great episode here that you really should listen to. And I need to download all those before I kind of get on the car in the car on this theoretical road trip. So is there a hashtag? Where I you think, think this rep- is a good audiobook opportunity for you. It is, but you know what? Okay, so yeah, you can recommend an audiobook. But that narrator better be entertaining. This is my 100%, issue. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a lot a, of these. A lot the books comes down probably, to the narrator. Yeah, the book can be good, but it's like if you're in the car, like I need to want to hang out with this person, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, yes, if you have a great audio book that has a great narrator that's going to keep me interested, then go ahead. But most of the time, I've tried the audio book and I don't make it through the entire thing. I kind of get bored. I would rather just read the book. So, so what hashtag can we have for these food? drink, uh, audio recommendations for a trip that might or might not happen. EWF on the road. I was going to just Ooh. say Shiel on the road. Oh, Shiel on the road. Have a BWF road trip. BWF road trip. Okay. So like in Which case I think one leads of you to, sneaks in my trunk or something. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. what I think this leads to is, is you get your feet off the ground this year. And then next year, all three of us visit all 32 training camps over the course of the summer and really make, uh, you know, some good content out of it. Well, yeah, Just that's Eagles. Yeah, we know that's not going to happen. But <laughs> well, uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking it would be if I'm on the in the car for a while, that would be a great time to podcast if we can kind of work that out. Yeah, for sure. I think right. we should yeah. get you a GoPro that you could like mm. attach to the inside of your car. Now that see, this is the type of like uh, social media uh, yeah. advice I need here. Yeah, add that to the expense report when you're trying to get this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that may be an issue. All right, so BWF road trip. Okay, get me your good. recommendations. And, you know, either way, but I, even if I don't go, I feel this is a slow time in sort of the uh, podcast calendar. You know, a lot of people go in dark, not a lot to listen to. So maybe you just have stuff I could listen to at home as I'm walking around the house, doing dishes, going to doctor's appointments and throwing out my kids toys. And weirding out the neighbors from how much you just walk around. Mm, I know that's right. Uh, so uh, to close, I think Washington's due for a big uh, come down. <laughs> Um, because what's a big come down? You, like, well, that's how many wins? Well, in the in the pecking order of the division, I would be surprised. I would be mildly surprised if they finish in the top two in the division. Okay, I would not be. I I think they're a mildly very mediocre surprised. team. Yeah, I would say they're probably in the uh, seven to ten, seven and ten to nine and eight range. I would say is their most likely outcome. So my Washington take is I don't object to the idea of kicking the can down the road at quarterback, but I do think you need in year two of your operation, you need more of a plan 
at the position, right? Mm. You know, if if they weren't sold, I mean, clearly they weren't sold on Haskins last year. Um, but if if they took over, not sold on Haskins, like by year two, it can't just be, well, we're gonna build around and then we'll wait because it's it's hard to find that quarterback, especially if. But what if other options do they have? Well, 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 that's what I'm saying is is that if you're not gonna trade up for a quarterback this year, which they could have done. They they could have done what the Bears did, right? Now, perhaps they didn't like the quarterbacks as, as much, and that's their prerogative. Um, they could have uh, attempted a younger guy who has upside, like a Sam Darnold, um, or uh, they could have taken a quarterback. You know, they could have gone the Kellen Mond route, something like that, something to develop. But I, I think pairing Fitzpatrick and Heineke uh, and I hope I am, I am I pronouncing Heineke correctly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I still don't, I, I don't think that gives you enough direction at the position. I'm fine with Fitzpatrick as a placeholder quarterback. If you have a place where you're going to, um, but I, I just don't, you know, I, I think that they might be in the same position next year where it's just rolling the dice again on a quarterback. And so, I, I like what they've done elsewhere. You know, when I, I I think they've made some some keen signings, some good draft picks. I just think they need more direction at quarterback going into year two of this operation. I think that's fair. That's a great I think, yeah, you're right. That's a good that's a great point. And and they could have done stuff. I mean, you could have accumulated draft capital, right? You could have traded one mm-hmm. of these young defensive linemen because you're probably not going to be able. Well, I I mean, I, I hate saying you're not going to be able, but whether you choose to invest a lot of money and like Chase Young, Duran Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Like, are you going to be paying all those guys on second contracts? Because if you're not, uh, you could certainly have traded one of those guys and accumulated uh, draft capital there. There are other things you, you know, you could have done to, like Zach said, increase that um, optionality. You could have used the mid-round pick. You could have taken a flyer on a, you know, quarterback who uh, might stink, but, you know, maybe offers some upside. So I would agree with Zach there. I think it's definitely true next year. You know, you're right. If we're at this point next summer and it's like, all right, they're rolling with Fitzpatrick again, or they've got somebody else, then you're just sort of stuck in that middle ground where you don't want to be. I think those are all good points. And uh, I guess the last word on Washington, we will give to uh, their defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. Great job last year. Let's just uh, take a quick, let's just pick a random thing from his likes on Twitter. Uh, How about, I'm tired of hearing about January 6th as if it was some kind of 9-11. Trump supporters had no guns, didn't kill anyone, and the violence committed was tame compared to the hundreds of violent riots we saw over the summer by left-wing mobs. So... Wait, is that an actual tweet? It's not his tweet. It's a tweet he liked from someone else. Oh, a tweet he liked. Okay. I was like, if Jack Del Rio tweeted that, I would think that would be a very big story. (laughs) I guess liking it probably should still be a very big story, but um, okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, Uh, Let's go to the presumptive division favorites, the Dallas Cowboys. I will give you their uh, draft rundown real quick. First round, of course, they took Micah Parsons from uh, Shields' alma mater right after the Eagles traded up for Devontae Smith. In the second round, they took Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky. Uh, Good player on the field, embattled off the field. Interesting uh, risk-reward. Third round, they took Osa. Embattled. Do you guys listen to the Press Box pod? Do you listen to that? From time to time. When they talk about the athletic, I do. From time to Uh, time. (laughs) I I think it's a fantastic uh, uh, podcast. Which one uh, is it? it? 
It's on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's Brian okay. Curtis, who's like their yes. media writer and his okay. friend. Uh, okay. David uh, David Shoemaker and uh, they they were going through oh, I like this Shoemaker thing. too. They were going through. Oh, they're they're very entertaining. Yeah, okay. I, I would highly suggest that. Well, I used to listen to his wrestling podcast to the rotation. Uh, but they talk. They were talking about these words that only like reporters and journalists use. And I, I believe and mm. battled. I don't think I them. think that's the first time I've ever used that word. Yeah, I don't like you. Never would use that in real life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's what I use, but there it is. Probably okay. for the reasons they have described. Uh, uh, defensive tackle Osa Odigizua in the third round. Of course, the brother of uh, Owamabe Odigizua, one of the great Fran Duffy uh, draft misses of his career. Wow, jeez. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to call out Fran's draft hits? You know, Tradavius White, uh, we get, Tyler he, he Boyd. I mean, we could he, go his on His track and on. record is phenomenal. That's why, yeah. that's why Owamabe uh, stands out. As Fran, the, remember who had your back few. there and who was just going to move on to the next thing. I think Fran appreciates the love. Uh, Chauncey Golston. Uh, defensive tackle also in the third round. Another third round pick, Nashawn Wright, which was like the biggest reach of the entire draft, cornerback from Oregon State. Then they took Jabril Cox, the uh, North Dakota State slash LSU linebacker in round four. Uh, Simi Fahoku, Josh Ball, who's a, you know, undraftable on most boards from off the field stuff. Quinton Bohanna, Israel Mukuamu, and Matt Farniok. What else did they do this offseason, Shield? Well, they didn't do a, a whole lot offensively. They're just counting on getting healthier, which I think is fine. You know, even if you look at last year when Dak Prescott was on the field, they performed like the fifth best offense in the NFL. When he wasn't on the field, they uh, were the 31st ranked offense. And so, again, you have sort of this history there that when Dak Prescott plays and is healthy and has a nice supporting cast around him, which he does, uh, they are going to be. And, and Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. They're going they should be a pretty good offense. And so it wasn't just Prescott. I mean, they're starting two offensive tackles. Uh, combined to play two games last year. They had the second most injured offensive line behind only the Eagles last year. Uh, of course, CeeDee Lamb, you know, Dak Prescott has only played with him for, I think, a handful of games. So they bring back Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. And so uh, their offense is in good shape. Like they they very easily could be a top five offense unless Mike McCarthy, you know, is going into Kelly Moore's offense saying, hey, ha- why don't we do this or suggesting changes? That really could be their downfall. But if he just lets Kellen Moore run the offense the way he's been running it, uh, I think they will have a very good offense. Their running game is interesting because I thought watching last year, there were weeks where I said, Tony Pollard has more juice than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, And I know other people probably have felt the same way. If you watched the Cowboys last year, the numbers do not bear that out. You know, I'm not going to, I won't get it bore you with all the numbers, but basically Ezekiel Elliott was, was much more effective. If you look at some of the advanced stats than Pollard was um, last year. So I think their run game is probably going to be in good shape as long as their offensive line uh, can stay relatively healthy. So there's not a lot uh, else to say. You know, they were, again, second in offensive DVOA in 2019. So if they just get better injury luck, I think you're looking at a top 10 offense, potentially a top five offense this year. Now, their defense is a totally different story. You know, I think their defense is going to stink. They moved on from Mike Nolan. They replaced him with Dan Quinn, who I would put sort of in the, uh, you know, this Brett Brown, Billy Davis category of coaches I have, Mm. where I'm not sure that they're good 
coaches or I don't think that they're good coaches, but they seem like pretty good people. Like people like to be around mm. them. People like to work with them. People like to work, uh, you know, play for them. The media seems to like them. But really, if you look at Quinn's five years in Atlanta, they never finished better than 17th in DVOA. Um, and so uh, now listen, if they're media, if they have, if he can get them to 17th in DVOA defensively, they're going to be really good this year because uh, they that's their formula, right? Is lead offense, mediocre defense. But I haven't seen a lot of creativity. You, you know, you know, they're going to be a single high safety team. They're going to play cover one and cover three. That's Dan Quinn's background. His background is with the defensive line, but their defensive line talent is terrible. I mean, they've got Demarcus Lawrence. Other than that, they're counting on Randy Gregory to start. And Randy Gregory was out of the league two years ago, and he played 25% of the snaps last year. Their defensive tackles are Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore. And so I don't know how they're going to produce much of a pass rush here with the talent they have on the roster. You know, they've got a lot invested in linebacker with Micah Parsons, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderesh. So that's fine, but uh, I don't like their defensive line. Cornerback, they're very iffy, like you mentioned, Bo. You like a Diggs? I like a Diggs uh, as their top corner, but they've got Kelvin Joseph, who they drafted in the second round, not sold on him. Uh, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, those guys are okay. They're bad at safety. DeMonte Kazee coming Mm -hmm. off an Achilles injury, and Donovan Wilson. And so, um, you know, I just don't think their defensive personnel is very good, and I don't see a coordinator who can do more with less on defense. And so I, I would, I would think they would have a below average defense this year. It's, it's, it's a funny and, and sort of interesting experiment of like asset allocation on defense that they're so over indexed at linebacker and, uh, and under indexed at the, what we would think, you know, are the more important positions, the defensive line and the secondary. And, you know, it looks like it's not going to work out very well, but, but that's how they've built the defense. I guess Parsons maybe could, I don't know, if you Mm -hmm. had a creative defensive coordinator, maybe he has some pass rush juice. You know, Bruce Irvin uh, in Seattle kind of filled that role where he was an off-ball linebacker and then rushed the passer. So if they're able to do something creative there, maybe that'll work out for them. But, um, you know, if not, they were 28th in pass rush win rate Mm. last year and they didn't really improve the personnel. So they're really putting a lot of stock into the coaching there. Yeah. Like maybe you, maybe you hope you get a, a renaissance or a, a, a rebound season from DeMarcus Lawrence. Um, and he, he has a big year. Uh, they have to hope that like Dan Quinn is like the equivalent of the, um, you know, the old saying of a down the middle uh, running back where like you've got a good, if you've got good defensive talent, or if you've got bad defensive talent, Dan Quinn can get you to like 20th in the league. But if you've got good defensive talent, he can still get you to 20th in the league. Yeah, uh, that's true. Who knows? I mean, I, I think that what she said about Parsons being a pass rusher is what they're going to hope for because he, he does have pass rushing juice. Uh, this is, it's, it's a defense that was like historically bad last year. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see what Quinn does, but really that's, that's the big question because offensively, if they're, if their line holds up and similar to the Eagles, I mean, they're relying on guys who have injury histories, but if their line holds up, it's hard to see their offense not being good as long as Prescott's as long as Prescott's at quarterback. So it really depends on, on how that defense improves and performs. If we did this exercise, Sheil, and, and maybe this is giving away uh, stuff of the Giants, but if you had to rank the eight offensive and defensive units in the division in order, how would you do it? 
All right. So, so one to eight, like everything right. included. You'd probably go Cowboys offense okay. first, Washington defense second, right? Or I would, I split. would, I would do that. Yes. Okay. And then how would you go from there? Because hmm. okay. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if, if, right. if the Cowboys come in first and eighth, but. Um, well, I guess there's probably a case for the Eagles' offense to be eighth. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that or I. Or their defense. I mean, you could well, make the case. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could make the case. I'm trying to think here. You know, I, uh, well, why don't we why don't we talk about the Giants and then we'll do that exercise? Okay, that might clarify it for me a little. Okay, bit. that's fair. Okay. Uh, we'll save that for the end. That's uh, what we call in the business a little tease. Boy, everybody who was going to sign off is now like, I got to sit in the I car for this. this stork rank <laughs> Sorry, kids. I'll be in in uh, half an hour. But what they just teased, I got to hear this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, uh, and you touched on this, the last thing on, on the Cowboys. I mean, if you're if you're hoping that they collapse, the fact that their head coach is Mike McCarthy is, is one of the things you're banking on. Yeah, head coach and defense could be among the worst in the league, I would say. All right. Uh, let me pull up the uh, Giants draft real quick as we transition to the fighting Joe Judges. Darius Tony in the first round. <laughs> That's yeah. right. They traded down for the very first time. Fine time for you. Um, hold on. They got right. in the second round, they got Bo's boy. Aziz Ojolari. Mm, Aziz Ojolari. Yeah. So they who, traded who, down for Kadarius Tony, who didn't show up for uh, most of the spring stuff. And was having a shoe issue, right? His cleat didn't mm. fit or something, so he skipped a practice. That's funny. No, there was really there yes, was a yes, great yes, headline from Dan Duggan, the Giants writer from the Athletic, where like his shoe was involved in the headline, which I thought mm. was was good. The shoe doesn't fit, something like that. You must have uh, quit. Aziz Ojolari in the second round. Aaron Robinson, the old uh, cornerback from Central Florida, in the third <laughs> round. Uh, fourth round, Ellerson Smith who uh, I think Shield liked a little bit. Yeah, I liked I thought the Eagles were going to draft him. I kind of like an Ellerson Smith, too. That's a, it's a fine first. That was a pretty good first four rounds for them. Uh, Gary Brightwell, running back from Arizona in the sixth. Oh, yeah, Darius guy. Williams. And uh, that's it. Not not many picks. What did Zach say? We had a Philly guy there? A Brightwell's from the Philly area. What What is that? Now, mm-hmm. what do you include there? Let's hear it. Uh, well, he went to high school, I believe, in Delaware. Okay. I, I, I believe he's from Chester. Okay. Uh, so Chester. Philly area. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. This was uh this was a funny thing when I was in college at uh Penn State. And you know, for some classes, I think as freshmen or the introductory stuff, you would go around and say where you're from, and like everybody would say from outside Philadelphia. Mm. Well, or How outside Pittsburgh. Outside Philly, but right. but yeah, and so you know, it was mostly like uh, you know, suburban kids like myself, but my uh my friend JRA185, uh, I believe, uh, as, as we refer to her, was like, I'm from in Philadelphia because she's got a lot of Overbrook, mm. Overbrook uh, pride there. So we would always uh, joke about that. Uh, yeah, that was always a Mike Garofolo thing. Where, okay. You know, like, uh, you know, because because Mike's from. You know, <laughs> right. uh, so if, if, if you said you were from Philadelphia, he's like, are you from Philadelphia? Are you from <laughs> you know, the Philadelphia area? Yes. Right. That's good. Uh, and then they also they had an active uh, free agency. Right, Shiel? 
They did. They were among the biggest spenders, uh, you know, and really some head scratching moves, you know, Kenny Galladay, who I like, uh, you know, the wide receiver market was not what people thought it was going to be yet. They still paid him at the top of the market very late. I think $18 million a year. He played five games last year um, because he was banged up. So again, I like Galladay. He could be very good, but I don't know that they read the market great on, uh, on that one. But Dory Jackson, they gave $13 million yeah, a year to got cut uh, after. Yeah. The Titans parted ways with him. So like that was a very weird situation where you figured if the Titans had somebody who was going to pay him $13 million, could they have gotten, a, you know, something in the draft, uh, for him, he's played 14 games over the past two seasons. So that's like a very boomer bust um, signing there. And then they brought back Leonard Williams for $21 million a year uh, on a three-year contract. So they're kind of sending the message that they believe that they're going to be really competitive this year. And that like, you know, their sort of patient rebuild is over and it's time to uh, to do some things here in year two, I just don't know that it's going to work out that way for them. I mean, you look at them offensively, uh, arguably the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL in Jason Garrett, I, until he proves otherwise, uh, that's, you know, that's what the evidence suggests. That's they were hard. 26th in DVOA last year. Daniel Jones was worse in his second season than he was in his first season. And that was under uh, Jason Garrett's direction. Uh, you know, so I don't know how you look at this and say, I've heard the argument that there are no excuses for Daniel Jones. And I say, he's got a really, if I'm his agent, I've got a really simple excuse is his offensive coordinator stinks. Like, you know, he might not be good, but you can always make the case that, uh, other factors around him could help. The other thing is their offensive line was terrible last year. And the five guys they have starting, were all on the roster last year. They didn't add a starter either through the draft or free agency or trade. And they actually lost one of the most dependable starters in Kevin Zeitler. So uh, I think they were 31st in pass block win rate. And now they're just banking on all these young offensive linemen developing, which, you know, who knows, maybe it'll happen, but there's a chance that it doesn't happen. And now you have a bad offensive line and a bad offensive coordinator. And it doesn't matter that you have Kenny Galladay and uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony and Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley, because those things can really torpedo an entire uh, offense there. So uh, we'll see what happens. I didn't like the Tony pick. I think Tony is the classic guy that if you get him with a good offensive coordinator, maybe he could be interesting. If you, I do not trust Garrett to be yeah. creative with him and find a role for him. Um, Daniel they, don't, Jones, they didn't need a receiver. I don't know why reach. they forced a receiver. It was a very, it was like they lost out in Devante Smith and just said, all right, who's the next receiver on right. our board? I mean, it really made no sense that that was not like an area of need for them. Um, so obviously Saquon Barkley was injured. He comes back. That's nice. So like on paper, you look at it and you say, oh, Barkley, Galladay, like, you know, there's some juice here, which is true if the other factors kind of um, come through there. So Daniel where Jones, stand, had, where do you stand on a Saquon? Uh, I mean, I would have never picked him at that spot right, uh, now in his career. Well, it's interesting. I was looking at the numbers. They have not had a top 10 rushing DVOA team since they drafted him, you know, whether he's been healthy or not healthy. And actually last year they were 11th in rushing DVOA with Wayne Goldman. So doesn't that like tell you kind of everything you need to know um, about it? Now, I I think he's fun to watch. I think when he's healthy, he can be a dynamic player. Um, And and so, you know, I, I 
find him entertaining. And I think he can be like peak Saquon Barkley can absolutely be a top three running back in the NFL, but I don't know, you know, obviously that pick has not worked out for them. How do you feel about a Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I think, I think uh, like he is fun to watch when he's, when he's good, but I mean, it's hard to separate the player from, uh, you know, the value proposition of, of, you know, how, how silly it was to take him second. I, I, I disagree. You know, I mean, you're, uh, in year four in his career, the the fact that he was the number two overall pick, like that's a sunk cost right now, right? If you just evaluate the player, I think there's a lot to like. He was a 90 plus catch receiver as 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 a rookie. I mean, he's been a very productive rusher. He was he's he's been, I mean, last year aside, he was what five yards per carry as a rookie. He was near there in his second year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if if you keep clinging to the fact that he was the number two overall pick, um, then obviously that's, that's high to take a running back. But if you just look at, at, at the player, I mean, he's, it's, it's going to be a major upgrade for the giants having him compared to last year when they only had him for two games. And, and the situation has not been uh, great, great for him at all. If you look at like the run blocking stats and the coaching and that kind of thing. Uh, he is not, you know, and, and of course you would say, well, if you're drafting a running back second, he should be able to overcome all those things. And I agree. That's the point. But um, certainly somebody who with a better situation, you know, just kind of a mediocre situation around him, uh, maybe could blow up a little bit. So we'll see what he does yeah, uh, I mean, this year. It's, it's like you, it's like you said, like they've got all these guys in, in Saquon and Kadarius Tony and Darius Slayton and Galladay and even like Evan Engram, who are these like exciting skill position players and the person who is like designing the offense for them and, and figuring out how to get them the ball is could not be less inspiring. Meanwhile, Daniel Jones has 29 fumbles in 27 career games, mm. which leads the NFL. So, you know, he's got the Carson Wentz thing uh, to even a higher degree, I would say. So that that's something that I don't know can or will be uh, fixed there. But um, obviously, something he would have to figure out to ever be an above-average quarterback. So uh, that's their offense. Defensively, it People feels like, like Patrick Graham. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think they got gassed up a little bit last year. Where do you think they ranked in defensive DVOA? Fourteenth, thirteenth, nineteenth. The Eagles wow. had a better defense statistically than the Giants last that's year. That's interesting. And you would never think that. No, so, I would not. Yeah, obviously. They had some great moments. I think they had that big game against the Seahawks that people were really, you know, uh, excited about them. And I think Patrick Graham did a good job. Like it's not a talented, it's not the most talented uh, defense either. They were, I think, 31st or 32nd in pass rush win rate. And they didn't do anything to address edge rusher unless you think Ojolari is going to come in and be fantastic. And so uh, Leonard Williams was really good for them last year. Dexter Lawrence is a good player. Um, linebacker, they're okay. James Bradbury was actually great for them, I thought, last year mm-hmm. as their top corner. Um, but Adoree Jackson, you're counting on him to be your second guy. You don't have a great third guy. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. I don't know that their defense is going to make a huge leap. I think if they do, then it'll be uh, Patrick Graham will be deserving of sort of getting the credit that he, um, you know, has kind of already gotten. I do think they're sort of following that Patriots model of trying to scheme up the pass rush and uh, build a little bit more through the secondary because they have not invested a lot uh, in that uh, in that defensive line and specifically at edge rusher. I really thought they were going to be a player for a top edge rusher in free agency, but that's not where they spent their money. Now, uh, of course, we know that this happened five days ago um, as we record this, but what did you guys, what did you guys make of the uh, 
news that the Celtics are trading uh, Kemba Walker, the 16th overall pick, and uh, a second-round pick to Oklahoma City for Al Horford and a second-round pick. Geez, Brad Stevens must really hate Kemba Walker. I, is this I, I like a, a Dave Gettleman segue? Yes, yeah, he likes move the Celtics. Both sides. Okay. Is, is there a uh, what's the joke here? Uh, uh, there's no joke. I'm just. Oh, I'm, this, oh this you're news. actually asking me. I'm asking you guys what you thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I can give you my opinion of it. Is that for the Celtics, uh, they get much better contract value, right? Yeah, get they get out of the Kemba deal. Horford is just kind of funny to be Kemba Walker and like this guy who was your head coach becomes a GM. And the first thing he does is trade you away. Well, if, if, if you're looking at the Celtics, there's only so many moves you can make unless you are, unless you're going to break up, you know, Jalen and, and, and uh, Tatum, unless you're gonna break up Brown and Tatum, but, but but think of all the, think of all the, the infinite moves you could almost make. (laughs) That that is true. It's a good Danny Ainge joke there. Um, And then for the thunder, we've seen it so far with, you know, Chris Paul, um, with, with some of the other moves they make, you know, they get asset value, right? And so they'll they'll find a landing spot for, you know, f- for Kemba at some point here, and and they keep adding something attached to it. They have the sweetener. They have the, what the 16th pick. So I, it makes complete sense to me for both sides. Very timely, there, Bo. I'm sure people <laughs> who are listening to this that's why that's that why I'm saying it. A week later, we got our <laughs> yeah. Kemba Walker, Al Horford, uh, uh, taken there. I didn't know uh, if I was supposed to actually answer that or if there was like a punch. Zach, you had the appropriate that respond okay. that always the appropriate response is what's the joke there? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, let's deliver your, uh, your promise ranking of the top eight. Uh, <laughs> Promised by whom? All right. Both of us. Uh, all right. Cowboys. I will. Yeah. You guys help me out on this. I will go Cowboys offense one, uh, Washington defense two. And then there's like a big drop off from there. Big drop off. So I think basically my next question, I don't know. I don't think any of the other offenses are going to be above league average. So I have to say, is there a chance a defense could be league average? I would probably put the Giants defense three with the caveat of what I just said. You know, mm-hmm. I don't don't know that they're going to make a huge leap. I might put the I think I might put the Eagles defense four. You know, I think they could be a mediocre defense. Yes, yeah, here. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, that's not crazy. So I'll put the Eagles defense four. So I now I, I don't think it's. You well. think they're going to the Super Bowl? Just say it. <laughs> yeah, I think you going are to Super drinking Bowl. the. I just the... I think I see a path. Like if we talked about the offensive line in the last episode, like if the offensive line is very good, which it certainly can be. Like I don't know. I think they could. I think they could be fine on it. Like I think they could have a better offense than the Giants in Washington. I would probably put the Giants ahead of them, but just because of the players they have. But I, I don't know. I don't feel great about that. Uh, I Eagles would say such that, a high variance offense because yeah, I mean they could also be the worst team in the yeah, league. Yeah, like if if Hurts if Hurts turns it on, you know they could they could catch fire, and it, you know if the line stays healthy and Devontae's a stud. But they could also there's also a scenario in which like they are the worst offense in the NFL. We're up there. Yeah. That's they're true. The, they're the Ryan Fitzpatrick of uh, yeah of the offenses. Okay. I will say the defensive line thing. Doing this exercise of going through every team, uh, it is it is pretty glaring how much better they are on the defensive line than you know 
other than like Washington and maybe a couple other teams. Um, like no, no team really had can go sort of six deep or uh, I don't know if you consider Kerrigan, a, what mm-hmm. you consider him at this point, but certainly five deep with like, you know, these are legit starting caliber players uh, that they have there. Like most teams either have a big issue at defensive tackle or defensive end. Um, so the guys they can roll out there, the injuries they should be able to withstand. Uh, and there's upside with like younger guys like sweat and Barnett. So I, I do think, you know, even a Milton Williams. Yeah. That, yeah. I didn't even count him. I mean, that's seven deep if you count Milton Williams. So um, they, they do, they, they are much better positioned there than almost any other NFL team. I would say if we're looking at just 2021. Mm-hmm. So where do you so so you where go was Eagles, I? Eagles defense four, they were four and maybe okay. maybe maybe at this point you want to work back from the bottom. Okay, so who's uh, I we had the Cowboys eighth right there probably uh, Cowboys defense. Okay, so now I've got to look at uh, so the last Eagles three, offense, so, yeah, Eagles offense, all three Washington, Washington all three offenses, oh, all three offenses. Yeah. All right, I will say that Washington's offense will be the best of that group. So where does that put them? Five that puts them fifth. I'll put the Eagles offense sixth and the Giants offense seventh. Interesting. Maybe I'm I'm going too far in one direction, but yeah, I feel good about that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's an interesting setup. You know, you got one team with first and eighth, but first is the most important because it's offense. First is the West. Worst second is the best. But you've got Washington second and fifth, which is a pretty good setup for them. Third is the one with the hairy chest. Now we did talk mm. about hairy chest last week, Bo. Did you, uh, or two weeks ago, I guess it would be at this point. Mm. Did you, did you do any, um, uh, grooming now? I, I wouldn't imagine that you have uh, much going on there in the chest hair department. I'm pretty, or, I'm, I'm pretty happy with my level of chest hair. Yeah. It's, it's enough like a, where it's, you're not getting made fun of, but not too much where you need to do something about it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Now I will, I, when you guys were talking about that, what, what came up in my mind was like being at, um, like uh, sleepaway camp when you're like in the middle of puberty and like very aware of like how much hair everybody has mm-hmm. uh, and you're like always taking, uh, taking stock. And there are like a couple counselors who were just like, just in like so much hair on their chest and back. And you're thinking to yourself, Oh man, like that must be so cool. And then now like, Oh, what a disaster that would be to have that. I don't there. remember ever thinking that would mm-hmm. be so cool. I just feel like that's what you thought into it. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, oh, I man, feel like Zach, that guy hit puberty uh, well. Zach embraces, I feel like, a little like, I feel like you're not afraid to show a little chest hair through a shirt, Zach. Am I, am I right with that or no? Honestly, I, it's, it's not some, I, I, I suppose I push, I should put more thought into it. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, it's, it, it, it's not something I thought much about one way or the other. Wow, yeah. what a life. I don't even know how that's possible. Mm. To not think of like the <laughs> like the chest hair. That's been such a big part of my life for many years. Have you ever have you have it? Do you have to shave your back? Uh, no, I mean, listen, I I am open to all types of. Uh, I, I feel like I don't have like uh, you know like um, if I took my shirt off, you would not say this guy has like a you know an unbelievably mm-hmm. hairy chest. What I don't like about my chest hair is that it comes up too high. You know what I mean? Uh, interesting. Like I don't have, I would like it's a the opposite larger, of gravity. It's... I would like a larger area between sort of the uh, end of the, the, the neck beard to the start of the chest hair. Mm. Like we need to widen that out a little bit. So okay. again, I, you know, I'm not against it. You know, we, it's we funny have, I'm just like, just looking at my chest hair. Just, yeah, take a look, take a peek, see what kind of surface area you're working with. But I'm pretty yeah, happy I'm with not, uh, what I got, what I got going on in the, in the, the chest hair department. Now I did have the friend who got the chest hair wax, but then he said, 
Wait, no. Did he? Did I say he did the back hair or the chest hair? I, I can't remember. Chest, but okay. So he did the chest, but he didn't do the back. So my wife was saying, "Well, then you're going to have just like this line of demarcation." Yeah, that's weird. So I, I almost feel like you got to do both of those bad boys. I'm, I'm just thinking. I was can, can speaking to someone recently. Other. I was, I was speaking to someone recently and saying, like, I, I need to become a better podcaster. I need to become, <laughs> you know, I, I need to show more personality on, on the pod. And there's a lot of, you know, self-assessment I, I can do there. And then I hear this conversation, and I'm saying, you know what? I'm, I'm fairly content with, with the level <laughs> of personal information that I'm sharing on the podcast. <laughs> like there's, there's things I, I must improve, but the, uh, you know, the, the chest hair discussion is what I'm happy to sit out of. I would say I wouldn't How about mind. Exactly. You happy with your leg hair. Now, now that's where I'm in the above average department. I would say. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to getting, you know, the entire uh, upper body just doing away with, with kind of all the hair there. Hmm. I don't know what like would a the swimmer, process like be? a yeah, yeah. That looks that looks appealing to me. Eh. No, you like a little bit. Okay, yeah, poor Marissa yeah, is on like hour three. We <laughs> still have another after. podcast to go. <laughs> on a I'm like Friday. cracking up. <laughs> I, I, this conversation. Well, let's get your take on this, please. <laughs> if you if you're comfortable, you know. Uh I like less the less hair the better. Yeah, I'm with mm. that. Like I, I would push for like laser hair removal for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Not talking about my personal life or anything here in my relationship. Sure, you have a fiance. Yeah. Let's just say I'm speaking hypothetically. (laughs) Now I've heard that the laser hair removal though is very costly, right? Yes, but I would. It would 100 percent be worth it. Is it permanent? Yeah, that's the appeal, right? You don't have to worry about it after a few of those. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So those are the options. I mean, if does it doing, hurt? Is it is it like a good the, uh, a good, uh, a good idea for a uh, for a wedding present for uh, any fiancés <laughs> who happen to be listening? Exactly. <laughs> or if you forgot Father's Day, if my daughters are listening, <laughs> is it a painful experience? I've heard it's a little painful, but okay. like, come on, suck it up. You can, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that. I mean, let's compare. You know, the 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 uh, the pain that men and women have to go through. Let's it's exactly, nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I say like groomed is is a much better look for sure. That type of pain does not like scare me away, like a, a, a waxing of the chest or a laser. Like, I think that would be fine. You know, there are different types. It, it's like if if you just picture like a bunch of Band-Aids on your chest and somebody mm. ripping them off, you know, it should be quick, but you can handle that. I would feel I feel like. There you go. I feel like I'm really having to carry too much of this conversation. But uh, yeah, so the options, you know, for the men out there looking to do something, you're going to the beach or pool. I guess you'd have if if you're, uh, you know, if you're in the MBN category of must be nice with the with the bank account, you could look into the laser hair removal, Um, the waxing. I feel like you would have to you got to do that kind of consistently. Right. That's not just a one time thing. Yeah, you definitely have to do it. it. It doesn't grow back as fast as shaving, so there is the perk to that. Okay. Um, and I yeah, shaving is a no no. That you don't want to do, right? I mean, that's just going to come right yeah. back. Yeah. Seinfeld episode, remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah, but so I, you know, they say waxing it comes back in thinner, so that might be like easier to mm. deal with. But mm, okay, um, it definitely is a little more painful, and you know, you have to go and get it done. 
Right. I think that's it. The stigma. Yeah. Yes. Unless you want your significant other to do it, but that, that could be enjoyable for them. Like that could be very fun. Right. Exactly. They get to inflict the pain. Yeah. Actually my friend who we started this conversation with, he said, that's what he used to do. His wife would do it for him. I didn't know that was a thing. Like how, how difficult is that? Marissa, if your fiance asked you to do that, would you be willing to do it? 100%. I would be going. Oh, she'd be taking so much joy. I would stop this podcast right now and get a waxing kit. <laughs> it's not like, hard to do. Out. Like it's, uh, it's, you know, you can follow the instructions at home and get it done and you don't think it would be difficult. No, absolutely not. You, you, okay. you know, you put, you like, got to go against, the, against and- the grain, right? That's the big thing. Yes. Yes. Against the way the hair grows. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to look into this. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> wife, if you're listening, you know, maybe we'll, mm. uh, well, then the other option would be the nair, right? You put that lotion mm. on there and you just kind of wipe that off with a towel. Yeah, that's of smells. Um, oh, it yeah, reeks. it's a little, yeah, some absolutely. gnarly stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if it works for you, it works for you. Okay. I mean, All right. But I, I feel like that was a very important segment to counterbalance <laughs> the NFC East. You know, no, we got a little football heavy there. I mean, easily we'll just wait till it. next week's episode where it, there's very little football involved and okay. it's, it's right. all mailbag. Bo, you want to hashtag uh, something for the, uh, you know, if people have recommendations there, should we still do, B- should we just do everything under the BWF road trip umbrella and kind of see <laughs> no, what I think happens? You, I think like if goes, I'm driving uh, through suburban Ohio and I feel like, you know what, I don't like how, you know, look got a little something peeking out the top of my shirt. I need to stop somewhere. Mm. Then that could also qualify, I guess. I think you just go, we go BWF body hair. <laughs> Oh God, that could get really, I'm not checking that one. Don't check that at work. If you're a listener. All right. We can wrap this I up. Mean, it's on Twitter. It's not only fans. We'll, we'll be fine. Oh, we got to share that. Oh uh, yeah. Share that story and uh, end it with that. Sure. So, uh, look, I, I, I don't think I'm a, I'm, I'm this naive, but I suppose I am this naive, um, that, uh, we got a recommend, you know, when, it was Shio asking for social mediums that we can join. And somebody messaged us and said, when is there going to be a birds with friends only fans? And I did not know what only fans was. And so I Googled only fans and um, <laughs> <laughs> I learned quickly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, now and I a picture and, a, and, and a, now and a, Zach, I made the joke that, that talk the to targeted HR. ads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately a picture of a targeted ad of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban popped right up <laughs> with their chest swept. <laughs> so anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I've, um, I, I learned the hard way on that one. Mm. Good one to no end on. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this, uh, this week's episode of birds with friends, uh, very insightful stuff on all things NFC East and, uh, and chest tear. We will be back uh, next and week. And back hair. Don't... And back hair, yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to go all mailbag. Those questions that you asked us uh, two weeks ago, guess what? We're ready to respond. So enjoy that, and thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying your uh, Junes and the uh, Sixers uh, run here in the Eastern Conference Finals. And as always, we love you.